Welcome to Fly Digital, Flightman's very own podcast series. I am your host Shambhavi and I will be introducing you to a series of talks on connected aircraft software solutions. Enjoy! Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of Fly Digital, Flightman's very own podcast series. Our guest of honor today is Aidan Gallagher, chairman of Flightman. Aidan has more than 30 years of experience in the global ICT sector, primarily in leading international sales and marketing operations for global software companies. Aidan, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little more about your role in Flightman? Uh, hi, Sam. Yeah, I think you probably summarized it pretty well anyway, but um, just over those years, I've had quite a bit of involvement with companies involved in aviation from the software side. So, you know, going right back 30 years ago, I was involved in developing systems for the maintenance operations of airlines for some of the engine manufacturers and repairers, then was involved in a number of other areas for aviation and got involved with Flightman a number of years back in a kind of very exciting area, which is kind of digital transformation using connected technologies for aviation. So uh, over those years, it's it's been mainly software, sales and marketing, but quite a bit of it working with aviation software companies as well. All right. Thank you for that very succinct description of your work, Aidan. So the first question that I have in relation to what we'd be speaking about today is about digital transformation in the aviation sector. All right. And I would like to ask you about what changes have you seen in terms of digital transformations in aviation over the last 30 years, because you do have plenty of experience in the arena. So I think it's changed quite a lot, obviously. Um, I think for most people today, they look at they look at travel, they look at aviation, and if you're on board a plane, you'll see quite a quite a lot of use of technology. And that just wasn't the case 15, 20 years ago. And obviously for aviation, it was an industry that embraced technology very early on. Uh, aviation was one of the first areas where computerization was used for booking systems, a lot of other areas, flight operations, planning, etc. And you also had huge use of technology in the you know electronics aboard aircraft themselves and so on. So we had a, an industry which was a, a front runner in terms of the use of technology on the ground and in terms of the airframe on the airplanes themselves, but really had never addressed the use of digital transformation on board aircraft. And this would be like going into other industries like maybe retail and having, you know, no technology at the checkouts in supermarkets, uh, going into manufacturing, having no technology or computerization on the shop floor. So this kind of last mile or, you know, where the customer actually meets you in terms of your, your business on the aircraft, not having technology available. And people who remember flying maybe back in the early 2000s would remember pilots coming on board with very large briefcases full of documents because everything was, was basically manual. All of their maps and charts were manual. They didn't have any facility to view those, um, you know, electronically on board. All the form filling was manual. So you really had this kind of challenge where you had a huge use of successful use of technology on the ground but very little happening on board the aircraft. There were a number of reasons for it, uh, particularly communications and availability was, was an issue. Aviation and on board an aircraft, particularly at that stage, you just could not say you could have an always on connected environment. You had the you basically had an issue where unless you were using very limited aircraft um, communications technologies or if you had satellite available, there really wasn't the possibility of having always on connectivity or it was a very, very low broad, broadband capability. So the amount of information that could be sent was very limited. So this was quite a serious challenge. However, you still could have connectivity potentially between an aircraft when it was on the ground. So one of the first things was to look at maybe how information could be submitted up to an aircraft from the ground systems, worked on on board a flight sector, and then synchronized again when they finished. But, but obviously connectivity was, was a challenge. So around about the early 2000s, 
some of the connectivity issues began to be addressed and even through the use of cellular technologies for communications at airports etc there was suddenly a, a way of doing some of, some of this so the connectivity issues started to improve and all of a sudden then people realized well you know we can start developing applications but there are challenges so another challenge, if you look at the logistics of a, a commercial airline, is trying to get the right information to the right person or the right crew member on the right flight sector at the right time. And this is quite complex when you think of commercial airline companies with maybe several hundred aircraft flying, you know, multiple routes per day, etc. So it's quite a challenge in terms of trying to get that information to the correct area, correct, correct person at the right time. So th this was another challenge that was there. And then basically the, the challenge of creating the applications themselves, you know, for onboard use, etc. So Flightman would have looked at this area back in the early 2000s, began to develop um, a network system, use of communications to make sure to get the right information on board aircrafts. Another area then was trying to integrate those systems with the right systems on the ground to get the information on board. So taking information from passengers passenger booking systems, taking information from flight operations, etc. But it, what happened was over a period of years, the connectivity improved. We developed integration with a number of different systems. We developed a number of different applications, primarily initially in the cockpit area. And all of a sudden you had the ability to transform the operations on board an aircraft, particularly early days in the, in the cockpit. So early applications that might have been delivered would have been in areas like electronic flight folder, providing the, the crew with the information about their flight, the sector they're going to fly, weather conditions, maps, charts, etc. Being able to then record that information and update it after post-flight back to ground systems. So the initial kind of focus probably was very much on the on the cockpit area that would have focused on areas like operation efficiency, cost savings, etc. I think then just in, in general with commercial airlines, digital transformation has continued at pace. And what we've seen is that by providing the infrastructure with good network connectivity, being able to get information on and off aircraft very efficiently, the same technologies are now being applied into the cabin area where now you've got much more of a focus on areas like maybe revenue increase. Um, so this is more about making money, improving passenger experience, being able to get the equivalent of a, a CRM in, in terms of a passenger relationship management system in place so that you know your customers on board, you know their preferences, you're able to deal with what they might like to buy in, time, in terms of the, the goods available on board, their seating preferences, et cetera, et cetera. So there's been quite a, quite a development in terms of the full digital transformation in the aviation industry and the commercial sector starting out with cockpit applications in flight operations, et cetera, moving then much more now into the cabin area as well. So you've got a much more holistic approach. Uh, and, and generally, I think most airlines have now embraced this and have either implemented all of these type of solutions or parts of them. All right. Fantastic, Aidan. Thank you so much for that very, very, very comprehensive response. Now, Aidan, the next question that I have is in terms of how COVID has acted as a pivotal point in accelerating these digital transformations in aviation. So the first thing I think we'd all have to accept is COVID has been a serious, serious challenge and problem for the aviation industry, uh, commercial aviation industry across the world. And, you know, hopefully aviation will come back strongly. I hope all the airlines that have been affected will, you know, will be able to recover from this and hopefully people will will travel again very soon and we'll be back to normal. But it has created significant challenges. I think if you look at the challenges created, the one thing I would say for, you know, from the companies that we work for, what we've seen generally is that good airlines who are very strategic and look at their planning, they recognise they've got a challenge like COVID and they do recognise this is a serious challenge in terms of their revenues, etc. But what they don't do is they don't stop planning and they don't stop implementing strategy. So they, they recognise that while there's a 
challenge, there's also an opportunity. And we find with customers like Delta that we work with, they've used this time to really improve and inc almost increase their investment in the use of technology and say, now we've actually got some time uh, where we can look at new areas where we can embrace technology, where we can invest. And they've turned a challenge basically into an opportunity. And it's probably similar to, if you think back 20 years ago with 9-11, when Michael O'Leary with Ryanair used the opportunity to purchase jets from Boeing at you know very low price when people at the, at the time probably thought he was crazy and said, you know, there won't, there won't be an aviation industry for several years or whatever. I think good airlines, good commercial airlines have looked at COVID. They, they know there's been a challenge there, but they've recognised too that it's given them time to look at other areas and improve efficiency within the airlines. I think from the supplier point of view, companies like our own company, Flyfan, we've looked at COVID and said, we recognise our customers are going to have challenges. So we've made sure we work with them in the best way possible that we can, you know, recognising that they have issues, they have problems to deal with. We've got to work with them in a flexible way to do that. At the same time, it also gave us time to sort of sit back and think a little bit and say, okay, you know, we've worked with commercial airlines over the last number of years. There are other companies and other operations in similar sectors with similar issues and similar problems. Time. Hopefully, commercial airlines will recover. Hopefully, people will be flying again very soon and we, we get back to normal. But at the same time, it has been, you know, over a year and a half of turmoil and people have, have faced very, very serious challenges. I think in our experience, we obviously work with a number of aviation airline customers. And what we have found is that the, the progressive customers that we deal with, they've looked at this not just as a challenge, but as an opportunity. So while their flight operations have been very limited, they've realized that this was a time when they could also start looking at new implementations of technology, that there was time now available to look at new initiatives, um, you know, new strategies. And if you look at customers like Delta that we work with, they've you know embraced this, this opportunity very seriously. And and you'll continue to work at pace and look at new opportunities for digital transformation as well. So I think when there's when there are challenges, there's always opportunities. And I think from the commercial airlines point of view, there has been an opportunity to pause and look at their use uh, of digital technologies and digital transformation. From a supplier point of view, company like ourselves, Flightman, um, it's been a challenge also. You know, we need to work well with our customer base and understand and be flexible, uh, understand their challenges. At the same time, it gave us an opportunity to look and say, well, are these technologies and solutions that we provide solely applicable to commercial airlines? And the answer is no, that's not the case. There, These technologies, these solutions are applicable across a wide range of areas. Just we wouldn't have looked at those necessarily before, but given the challenge with COVID, we've now started to look at other areas. So there's a, there's a number of aviation areas that are of interest. If you look at, obviously, business jets are a more exclusive form of commercial airlines. There are private fleets out there. Some of the you know people involved in exploration, mining, oil and gas, etc., have some of the largest private fleets operating uh, around the world. There's large cargo logistics fleets out there as well. There are people involved in air and sea rescue, medevac areas. And there's there's military operations. Now, all of these are essentially aviation companies or airline companies in, in a way. There's a, a number of challenges that would be common to all of these operators uh, that we have already addressed with commercial airlines. So we've spent some time over the last over the last 18 months looking at these other areas and actually have signed new customers in new areas. So in a lot of cases, we're working with them using same technologies for, say, cockpit, electronic flight folder, etc., with companies in cargo and in air 
air sea rescue or you know areas like that and looking then at new potential solutions that might be more applicable to their particular area all right perfect thank you so much for the very comprehensive response again aiden truly appreciate it now the next question that i want to ask is in terms of the software's specific application to non-commercial sex you did uh, speak about business jets and military at a very very high level now again say business jets may not have as much data as passenger jets in terms of onboarding people and they may not have as many functionalities so to speak so how exactly would these airlines be able to deploy these connected software solutions that you have mentioned? So if you look solely at the cockpit area and you look at the operation side of it, it's pretty similar across all of these, these um, aviation type companies, whether you know, whether they're in cargo, business jets, private jets, etc. And there's you know a range of the kind of flight operations applications there are going to be quite similar. There will be technical differences to do with the type of aircraft flown, etc. You could say from if you, if you look at biz jets and private fleets, or particularly biz jets, the passenger information it won't be it won't be the same as when you're dealing with a commercial airline because some of the booking systems, etc. You know they're not the, they're not the same. You're going to be dealing with with more dedicated in-house systems. But their need for passenger information and passenger relationship is probably even far greater than commercial airlines because they're dealing with you know high net worth individuals. They're dealing with people who would spend quite a lot. They really do need to make sure that their passenger relationship management systems are extremely good. And um, so they have they have different challenges. So. When I look at these other groups, I kind of try and separate it out and say there's a range of applications which are quite standard across them. It depends, obviously, on the type of aircraft being flown. It could be helicopters. It can be different types of, of jets. Each of these has different technical requirements when you get into some of the application areas, you know, like calculating weight and balance or fuel performance, etc. But that's all you know, relatively easy to develop or manage. It's it, Then what you have is... I suppose another challenge is the type of ground systems they may use will be different. So airlines have a, a standard range of systems like passenger booking and reservations, etc. If you start getting into private uh, jets or business jets, you've got a different type of ERP system on the ground, different kind of booking systems that you need to, to link with. And then obviously, if you go into specialist areas like air and sea rescue, you're now into dealing with other ground systems which might relate to you know healthcare information, medical responses, etc. So there are new challenges there as well. But there's a common there's a common area where we already have solutions that can be applied. And um, there are some new challenges for integration with different ground systems, and there will be some new systems required as well. All right, perfect. Thank you so much for that response, Aidan. And another question I have is specifically in relation to uh, military, because I've been speaking to a lot of people from military in the past couple of days about their requirements for ESB. And a lot of the times they do have concerns specifically in relation to the security aspect of it and the cost aspect of it. And also the fact that a lot of the times in military, you have fighter jets, like fighter helicopters, et cetera, et cetera, where it may not be practicably possible or ergonomically possible to have an electronic fight bag. So in cases like these, could you explain how these solutions could be useful to them and how it could be made more adaptable to them if even possible? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I think I think when you look at the military, you know, aerospace type area, firstly, security challenges are huge. And we we recognize that I've worked in security for you know, a long number of years. My colleague and another business I'm involved in is is ex-army ex, um, and actually worked in the security area as well. And he would be very well aware of the requirements in this. So, you know, any military operation are extremely paranoid about any third party software they're going to use and you have to have all of the accreditations and approvals etc so being involved with the military 
firstly, full stop, there's a huge accreditation process that you that you need to go through to be approved, being assured that security is is maintained, etc. So that's that's an investment. Um, you know, from our point of view, we look at that and say there's a there's a large market out there, and yes, there's an investment and there's a requirement, and you know, we need to we obviously need to work with the right people to make sure we address that properly. But we believe that's an investment that's worthwhile. So I think if you if you take that as being a, a very kind of standard hygiene factor for military is that security is paramount. Once you've done that, then I think you've got to segregate the areas within within air forces, etc. So I think I would immediately look, you know, look at the point to say anything involved in kind of, you know, performing missions, etc. You know, military aircraft, fighter jets, etc. You're going to have issues to do with devices available, space available and so on. The first area we would tend to look at is military operations are also like commercial companies. They have huge logistics issues. They have mm-hmm. to move people and troops and goods, cargo, etc. all around the world. And if we look at those areas first, those are the areas that, again, are very similar to standard airlines, cargo airlines, logistics airlines, etc. So those are the kind of areas where we believe there's there are the initial opportunities. There may be opportunities in the future. Uh, sorry, there will be opportunities. I think for digital transformation, even in the more um, you know areas involving mission aircraft, etc. But that could be several years away. It could need new hardware technologies, etc., to be developed first. But there's still a large opportunity, we believe, in kind of logistics and other areas within the military uh, as as it stands. And those are areas that we can address. But the security issue is paramount to to address first. All right, perfect. But also with military aid in another issue that is very, very critical is in terms of governmental regulation and compliance, all right? Especially for companies like Flightman, because Flightman, as mentioned previously last week by Joe, and as mentioned by you guys to us in the beginning, your clientele is primarily very, very international, right? So you yes. have clients from practically everywhere. And in terms of military, the three biggest markets in terms of military globally are the US, China, and uh, I think India, like in terms of aviation and in terms of, you know, military also, all right? Yeah. So these are the top three, within the top three, top four and top five, these three countries. And all three countries are very, very, very iffy about their privacy, so to speak, and they're constantly at war with other parts of the world. Like say, for example, India, I know for a fact, they're very, very, very data conscious. So in cases like these, for these larger military markets, you know, we're talking the likes of say China, India, or the USA, where you have governmental regulations that oversee all of these things. Obviously that does pose an obstacle in terms of them adopting EFTs, but how would you say companies like yourself could overcome that in terms of government regulations itself? So you have to be realistic. Uh, so in other industries in the past, you know, we've sold, uh, you know, I've been involved in companies that have sold into the NSA in the US. So, you know, we've we've sold into some of the, the highest security level organizations, but we also recognize it was very difficult to do that. What I would say is in terms of being realistic, the first thing you have to look at is without looking at any particular country is you've got to see within that military operation, what areas are they prepared to use commercial off-the-shelf software in? So COTS, C-O-T-S, is a kind of a standard acronym that's used for that. And typically, it's it's not difficult to find that out. There will be military operations will be quite clear that certain areas they're prepared to use commercial off-the-shelf software, provided it's undergone, undergone the right compliance approval, security approvals, etc. Uh, but you've also got to recognise there will be areas where they say they simply will not do that. And if that's the case, if they say we will not use third-party software in any particular area, you're wasting your time trying to engage with them. The second thing is that if there's an acceptance of commercial off-the-shelf software with the appropriate security and compliance approvals, 
you also have to recognize in most cases you're going to need to work with an integrator one of their trusted parties trusted third parties that are approved and you've got to work via a third party or a partner in terms of working with the the organization itself and once you approve you approach this realistically pragmatically you'll fairly quickly find out where your opportunities are and where your opportunities are not you know because the last thing you want to do is invest a lot of money in trying to build something that simply won't work but there are opportunities in these areas provided you do your your homework first of all all right perfect so it ultimately does come down to researching understanding the compliance and seeing what is practically possible and working out from there right yes and a key point is you know will that organization use commercial off-the-shelf software in certain areas they, they obviously do for certain things you know a, a lot of people will use standard um, erp type systems financial systems etc you've got to just be clear about the area you're trying to sell into and whether there's an acceptance of using third party software there provided it's compliant and secure all right yes that sounds good and that sounds very very reasonable and it does obviously reflect on the fact that you guys know your product really well and understand what to do where so that is great yes of course in terms of military i guess it poses far more challenges than it does to other departments and other verticals because even statistically speaking i was reading an article the other day about how military is i think about 5 to 10 years behind commercial in terms of adopting any kind of technology so i guess it is about having a sense of discernment in terms of what is practically possible and where it's practically possible so exactly exactly and also the next thing that i want to ask and this is probably the final question in terms of medivac and yeah. uh, rescue jets all right so in terms of employing technology over there again in ergonomically and in terms of being pragmatic what are the opportunities because these do at the end of the day serve a very essential and important function and there is going to be a sense of urgency when you're on that jet when you're trying to get to a specific place to you know serve a very very important function in that regard in terms of that how could esbs serve medivac without posing any major obstacles okay i wouldn't be an expert on the area but my my view would be that in most cases for the you know the type of of aircraft involved in in, in this area there there shouldn't be any ergonomic issues in terms of using technology the the devices that are available should be appropriate now i can't say that across the board but but our view would be generally that's that is the case and um, again in terms of the actual cockpit type flight operations applications there will be a lot of similarity with with other areas with that so that's pretty standard the new kind of area we need to look at and this is a learning process for us as well as we engage with uh, with companies in this area is what are the kind of specialist systems or areas or integration points that we may need to look at um in terms of providing a more holistic comprehensive solution so that could be in terms of linking with you know on ground health systems medical systems uh, getting more information about how to treat people for particular injuries or whatever so you know there will be new areas i i can't say i know all of those areas today but we know there will be new challenges there as well but we also know that quite a lot of the solution that we already have there is applicable day one and that these companies can benefit from that straight away all right perfect uh, thank you so much for those very very interesting insights there and especially insights into the fact that these operations and these solutions that have been primarily so instrumental in optimizing efficiencies in commercial aviation how they could be deployed in other departments and other regards as well and even though these other non-commercial aviation companies may not be as familiar with it as commercial is currently it does pose a lot of opportunities for them and it does definitely sound like it's something that's going to be very handy for them so i think you did provide a lot of useful insights and i very much enjoyed and i'm sure our listeners did too 
Thank you, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. We believe there's a lot of opportunity there. I think that the companies were the new companies we're dealing with, like you know, see the opportunity. They want to embrace technology. So I think there's a there's a good opportunity for both us and customers there. Yeah, fantastic. And so with that, guys, we come to the end of the second episode of Fly Digital, Flightman's very own podcast series. And we shall see you again very soon. Bye-bye.